It's mainly cloudy and four degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Police in Quebec say two people are dead and five others have been injured in a stabbing rampage in the provincial capital. Quebec City Police Chief Robert Pigeon says the attack involved a man dressed in a medieval costume swinging a sword at what he described as at random victims. Pigeon says the rampage began shortly before 10.30 on Saturday night and ended when the suspect was arrested shortly before 1 a.m. Over the past night, residents of Quebec City were victims of an unnamed tragedy of violence. All the citizens of our city are mourning this today. Pigeon says some of the five people injured in the attack suffered serious stab wounds, but their lives are not in danger. Investigators do not believe the attack is linked to terrorism. More local news in just a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Left lanes are closed eastbound 9th Avenue and 1st Street. Keep right as you pass by, though I'm not seeing any delays due to this right now. Other than that, your main routes are smooth. Sailing across the city, Crowchild Trail and Glenmore Trail uh, wide open for you. And if you're doing some highway travel, 16th Avenue is also wide open, heading westbound towards the mountain parks. Ready to holiday, Indigo and Chapters have the gifts you want before you need them. Shop online with same-day in-store pickup or visit any location. Visit indigo.ca. From the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Kay Euston. A girl from Morinville, Alberta had a Halloween weekend to remember this year despite a terminal brain cancer diagnosis. Global's Courtney Davidson tells us more. Nine-year-old Arizona Burns was diagnosed with an aggressive brain cancer that does not respond to chemotherapy or radiation at the beginning of October. Her medical team has given her six months to live. Her mother organized a Halloween parade for her daughter this weekend as a way to make the holiday extra special. Hundreds of costumed people visited and dropped off treats at a distance for her Saturday. The nine-year-old story also caught the attention from Hollywood star Ryan Reynolds. And the reason that your story got all the way over to me here from New York is because you are surrounded by people that are immensely in love with you. And uh, there is probably no greater gift in this world. I'm sending you tons of love. And I hope that I am lucky enough to uh, get to meet you in person one of these days. The family is raising money through a GoFundMe page to help make her last months memorable. Courtney Davidson, Global News. An intensive care physician is pleading with Albertans not to break public health protocols for this Halloween weekend. Dr. Darren Markland from the Royal Alexandra Hospital in Edmonton says the current surge in numbers show that we weren't taking Thanksgiving seriously. We know that most of our transmissions happen through the community and they happen when people get together. And you add a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of socialization and and all of a sudden these rules that we're all familiar with get hazy. And as a result, we saw a significant spike in a predictable period of time after Thanksgiving to the point where our hospital admissions have become high. Our system has become stressed. He says many people don't realize that when physical distancing is required, the number of available beds decreases as the hospital runs out of space to put them. The temporary memorial at the site of the Humboldt Broncos crash is starting to show the effects of time and weather, and parents are hoping something more permanent will be on its way soon. 16 people died and 13 others were injured at the site two and a half years ago. The Parents Committee is looking at what should be there in the future. Miles Shimlansky, whose son Nick walked away from the crash, drives by it a dozen times a week and relives the accident 
each time. Oh, God, yeah. You, well, I try not to do I try not to look. If I look at it, or if a car is there, then, I, then it's tough. Then it's tough. But usually I just kind of, uh, I just kind of look, I just try not to pay attention because when I start thinking about it, it's, it's a long day. It took 30 years for the Swift Current Broncos to build a permanent memorial after four players died in another bus crash in 1986. Taking a look at sports, Ontario Premier Doug Ford says he's working with the Ontario Hockey League on a return-to-play plan that'll allow body checking. The Premier tweeted this after Minister of Sport Lisa McLeod previously said there wouldn't be any due to COVID-19 concerns. The OHL hopes to start its season in February. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny and 15 today, tonight clear with a low of 1 and tomorrow mainly sunny and a high of 18. It is currently 4 degrees at 9.05, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and it is November the 1st and... It's a time change, so if you're if you're just waking up and you're thinking, oh, I slept in till 10, you're lucky. It's only 9 o'clock. So, hey, we're all good there. And it's going to be a gorgeous day today. I think we're going up to 15 or something and then 18 tomorrow. So looks like good news if you, if you still have a little bit of gardening to do. And and really, to be honest, that, that snow and then the melt like that, that was great for all our plants. That was just brought some well-needed moisture down into the ground and will definitely help all our trees and shrubs and perennials get through uh, through the wintertime and, and hopefully get them frozen in nicely um, for, for the long winter ahead. But it looks like it's going to be a great week. So it's a good, uh, good week if you want to you have some of those tender evergreens or just get out and and hose down all your spruce trees your junipers any of that kind of stuff and then the water will go down into the root as well but it just cleans all the dust and all the dirt and and any bugs and stuff in there so it just cleans them all up for winter time so that way they can breathe nicely through the winter time and uh and then all will be good for them and we're we are heading into I can't believe it's November 1st. Always November always sounds or feels colder, but uh, we're pretty lucky so far heading into a great little uh, little warm stretch here. I know Shane has a big project that he's going hard on next week, and uh, hopefully we can make some headway on that. And, uh, and all the other landscape guys and construction, I know they're paving the road out in front of the garden center, and they're doing the second coat today, so they're they're happy to... To be able to, so thanks to the Voker 7 crew out there and all them uh, guys making that happen, which is kind of nice. And uh, later on in the show at 9.30, I got uh, a new segment we're going to start. We just brought our first shipment or like a truckload of uh, plants from Florida. And uh, so Jen is going to do a segment, What's Hot in the Greenhouse? Uh, Chris, we, we did the What's Hot in the Tree Lot but we're going to do what's hot in the greenhouse. We have some great foliage plants, and that seems to be what's super hot inside right now. So we got uh, a bunch of those coming, and uh, Jen's going to tell us what she's got that's going to be hot out there in the greenhouse. And foliage plants are anything variegated and all that kind of fun stuff. Is uh, You're good to go. And <clears throat> if you do have any 
um, tulips and things like that that you didn't get quite in. The ground definitely isn't frozen yet, so it's a great week to get out there and uh, do your plant your bulbs because the ground will cool off nicely, which is even better. And if you have some garlic or some bulbs left over that you didn't get in the ground, it's a great time to do that. And also this week is applying after you wash down your evergreens. If you have some of those tender ones like the dwarf Alberta spruce or your cedars, you want to apply the wilt proof. And that's the lip balm for all your evergreens. And uh, so you can get that and uh, apply that to your to your tender evergreens. And that will definitely help them get through our winter. It's uh, it's dry here, as we all know. We, we all live here and it uh, doesn't look like we're going anywhere for a while. So we're all going to need some lip balm going through this through this winter time. And uh, got a couple of texts already this morning, which is great. Um, I got one here that says, my Christmas cactus are in full bloom. Mine just started budding as well. So it's sort of a trigger. A lot of them kind of come up. And I think those are the ones they call Thanksgiving, so for the American Thanksgiving cactus. So there's a Easter Thanksgiving, and then there's a Christmas cactus. There's sort of three of the – they look very similar, um, but not that they were timed specifically for those holidays or anything, but it just seems to work out that way. And uh, so just enjoy it. Let it do its thing. You might get another batch. And when they're in full bloom, you just might want to move it away from the sun and let it put in a little bit of a cooler spot just, just so it doesn't go through the blooming stage so quickly. So, and uh, we'll go from there. And where are we at? What else are we going to talk about today? If you'd like to join me, I'll talk about that too. The phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And, uh, or from out of town, one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and uh, if you'd like to give me a shout, Gord's on the other end there, answering all those calls for you and get you in the queue. And uh, also, <laughs> we got one here. Will you have more of those awesome Christmas characters? We had a ball with the Santa races from last year. Yes, we will. We are um, Christmas. It takes so long, and I know retailers, especially garden centers, sometimes, and some of us. We get a bit of slack or flack for setting up Christmas a little bit early. But if we don't start, like Suzanne is going seven days a week right now, um, just working her little butt off, trying to get um, with her and her team to get everything out looking good and, and things like that. And especially this year, we've expanded the Christmas area so we could have more social distancing and uh, just a safer shopping environment, a lot wider aisles. So we've added one of our large greenhouses um, to the Christmas. And so I know it's a bit of a new thing for for Suzanne with that new space, but she's making it look awesome. And it's right beside the new tropical house. So, and uh, so anyways, um, give, go to your garden centers, check them out for your, for your Christmas stuff. Um, the independents, they have uh, some great stuff. It's amazing. We always see the things that you'll see in the box store, You'll see them in there this year. We've already had those same products for three or four years a lot of times because they test them on us if they become proven. So sometimes it's a bit frustrating. We get a product, we make it good, make it hot, and then all of a sudden 
the box stores take a hold of it and order 8 billion containers of them. So but by that time, we've moved on to something else, to the next thing. So if you usually want the latest and greatest stuff, um, check out your independence because we're at those shows. We're the, we, we test the things out. We prove them out. And we've switched to a, a, a new supplier out of Holland this year. So we have a lot of really neat kind of modern classic Christmas is kind of the look that we went for this year. So really excited. Christmas is going to look good. And uh, we're just finishing up our our thoughts on the Christmas with Santa and the reindeer. So that's going to go ahead. We're just going to get all the fine details. So we make sure everybody's safe during that. But that's going to be a great event. And uh, we're, we're partnering up with a local uh, toy drive and uh, Brandy out in, in uh, Tuscany. She's been doing a to- toy drive for, I think, 13 years, I believe. So we're going to team up with Brandy and, and a couple of these go right to the Salvation Army and uh, a couple of the other um, toy drives that we're going to try and support. So with brand new unwrapped toys. So we'll have that set up at the garden center as well. So, and I know that's going to be a little tougher for everyone this year. Some of those ones where they on, on getting to the houses and that hopefully we're under a bit under more control by that time. And then Santa has no issues getting in and out. Um, ah, he can always wear a mask though, if he has to, which he will, I'm sure he won't mind that one bit. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, we'll go to the phone lines. i got a couple of texts. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And it was a, it was a great little uh, show on this week, Mark had uh, both boom trucks out at a job and uh, and the chippers and sort of they hit them with the full force of the pruned up crew. It was pretty awesome looking. He had both uh, both of our 60-foot booms swinging around in the trees. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a nice way, so nice and safe for the crew to get up into these trees. And uh, it, was a, it was a nice, impressive sight to see. So good job on the pruned up guys. And a couple of them are off right now just going to school which is good. So we're, uh, we try to get them going through that in the winter time and, uh, get them. And we keep, we want to always make sure the guys get the good education and learn. And, uh, there's always something new. So we put them through that and, uh, and hopefully, uh, they'll come out to learning a little bit more about those great trees that we have here in Calgary. Well, right now I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to go to David first. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thanks very much for taking my call. Um, no, of course. We're going to have a great week this week with the weather, but I see next weekend it, it looks like we're going back to winter a bit. So I'm just thinking about my roses. I've got about six bushes. They're really healthy, about a meter high. And I've always just kind of let them be. And I'm just thinking yep. well, I should phone the expert and see what I, what's the proper uh, procedure for winterizing. Do you cover them up? Do you cut them down or anything like that? Are, are, are these hardy shrub roses? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I've got them from your yep, place. For, actually. Yep. For the most part, I just leave them as well. Like I just, I maybe pile some leaves around them around right. the base, or if you want to put a little bit of mulch around them, but mm-hmm. I always like to leave everything. Cause, and that way, if you do get some winter dieback, 
it'll affect the branches that's already out. So a lot of people, if you cut them back, that just um, right. gives the threat of more die back closer to the root. So I always like to leave everything up, and then I do my nice trim up in the springtime, and yeah. then make it nice and even, and then you're good to go. So good, good. I mean, like I said, I've actually had good success with these the past four or five years. But I just hear some people covering them up with burlap and all sorts of things, and I wonder yeah. if I'm doing it wrong. But that's more if they're doing those um, the tea roses and things like that. Okay, and, yeah. and a lot of people bring garden practices from other places when they move here, and yep. I guess it doesn't hurt. But really, it's unnecessary if you if you're growing the proper hardy roses, which you are, yeah. and and let Mother Nature help out. They pile some leaves on there, make sure they're watered in well. And uh, and then you're good to go. And then just in the springtime, you'll see them when they start sprouting the green. That's when I trim them up, even them up at that time, fertilize yeah. them really well at that, water and fertilize, 15, 30, 15, and they'll perform great for you. Hey, you just mentioned something. It led to a quick second question. Um, yep. There's always talk about watering our trees at this time of year. Do we also do the same for our roses and other perennials? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. No, it's I good to water that. in all your stuff because yeah. they have fairly shallow roots. So it's good to make sure everything gets watered in well. Like I said, that snowfall really helped um, just get the moisture back into the ground. Roses like mulch around them too, like even bark mulch and things like that, just to hold the moisture in. Okay. Because um, most of them are grafted onto a hardy rootstock. Right. So most roses are grafted. So it's uh, there's some definitely some same root roses as well. But a lot of them are are, are grafted onto a hardy rootstock. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Good. Well, I'm watering my trees today, and I'll do the roses and perennials yep. as well. Perfect. Yeah, and give the give your evergreens a good shot. Just hose them down all the foliage. They'll love that, and yep. that'll clean them up for winter. Thanks very much for your help. All right. Thanks, David. Have a great day. Yeah, too. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Lou now. Good morning, Lou. Hello. Good morning, Lou. Hi, oh, Lou. Good morning. <laughs> How can I help you? Well, um, I've got an indoor house plant, Merle. It's, um, I call it a corn plant. I think that's the common yeah. name. Yeah, and, the Dracaena. Um, I think it's, it's in the it's in the Dracaena family. Right, and um, I've had it probably for oh gosh, I'm going to say at least twenty years. It's about six feet high, and all of a sudden the other day I noticed there's a bloom on it, and I've never ever seen it bloom before. So my question yep. really. Is um is that a once in a lifetime occurrence or what did I do to make it bloom and how do I do it, get um, it to bloom no, again? No, you probably got it maybe got stressed out a little bit, but all plants will bloom at one time because they're they're going to need to reproduce, right? So uh-huh. it just uh, it maybe got stressed out a bit. This maybe the change of season or if you haven't repotted it for a long time, it I could just be. Yeah, but the only thing that I did different was I did um, cut, you know, one of the sort of um, side branches off and to give to a nephew, and that's the only thing that I've done differently. I don't know, could have that promoted the bloom, maybe? Yeah, no, it could have. And that's usually if it gets stressed out a little bit, they'll they'll do that and oh. uh, they'll send out a bloom. But but all plants, like I said, they do got a bloom. Like you'll see jades, you'll see all these. Will will send out a bloom. And a lot of those foliage plants, they're not. I'm known for their blooms, right? So the bloom probably isn't that nice. It probably just looks like more of just a stock of blooms. It, it's yeah, not some it's, gorgeous phenomenon. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not very pretty, but boy, does it smell fragrant. It's just like, it sort of smells like jasmine, and it's really strong and powerful. 
so that's what oh, kind of I noticed first. So, okay, so it's kind of not really a normal occurrence, but it does happen. No. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And just so just enjoy it, enjoy that fragrance, and uh, for sure, and let it do its thing. When it's done blooming, just cut that off, and you'll be fine. Excellent. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Enjoy your show. All right. Thanks, Lou. Okay, Thank you thanks. so much. Okay. I enjoy doing it. Thank you. <clears throat> Got a couple of texts here. And this says here, oh, here's some nice gardening. <clears throat> um, Rage Plus, how much do I use per square foot of a flower bed to re-energize for next season? For the most part, you just mix it in um, mix it in the pail or the watering can as per the directions. And if you just give everything, so I, myself, I wouldn't put the Rage Plus on. At this time of year, I would just wait till springtime when when they get going, and then just water it into the roots because it, it's one that it just takes up instantly. And so, <clears throat> I would just do that. I would uh, wait till next spring, and when your plants just start, just when you start seeing the green, that's the perfect time to hit all your flower beds and all that stuff with the Rage Plus, and you should be good to go. Uh, you can tell. Uh, Kevin was talking about unions earlier. I got to make sure I go through the union calls here. So I don't want to talk about those right now. All right. Let's one more text here. Good morning. I have a white easterly that was given to me this year. I cut it down and sort of ignored it, but watered occasionally during the summer. It grew like mad. Now it has buds and it looks like they're going to open before too long. Does this plant normally bloom twice a year? And will it bloom again at Easter? Um, so what you've done is you let it go through a dormant period and it it just it doesn't really know what date it is, so it just did what it what it does. So it uh, went through sort of a, a a slow down time, and then you got it growing again, and and the light. So enjoy the blooms and Easter after it's done blooming here. If you let it go dormant and go through that whole cycle again, but you need to get it going probably six weeks before Easter. So I would uh, pull it up and uh, and repot it again and then bring it back to life sort of in that six, eight weeks before Easter so you're able to, to get it blooming again. But just enjoy that because sometimes uh, it, 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 it's, just, it's a great-looking flower. It'll look good for, for Christmas as well. They get the nice white blooms on there. It should be perfect. should look great. So uh, don't be afraid to do that. And one more question. Quick one. The chickweed in our self-facing flower bed is healthy, growing like crazy. Will Roundup kill it at this time of year? Um, yes, it will. You can also use Killex on that, like just the 2,4-D. Um, just make sure you cover up anything else and just spray what, what you want um, done at that time and uh, and go from there. And that will look at – and just even if you cultivate it up, that will definitely help. And uh, and I like to do that to the most of my flower beds, anyways. At this time of year, is to is to turn them over, leave them nice and lumpy, and then you're good to go for the winter time. And I need to take a break. And for the news, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and 11 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A member of the Canadian Armed Forces has died after an incident on Friday night involving live fire in a training exercise. The incident happened at CFB Wainwright in Alberta. Officials say the person died of injuries Saturday morning in hospital. 
A man in his 20s has been arrested in Quebec City in connection to stabbings that left two people dead and five injured last night. Police report he used a katana sword as a weapon and was dressed in medieval attire. Police do not believe the actions were affiliated with terrorism and believe he was motivated by personal reason. And the Eau Claire Fire Station in Calgary's downtown is at risk of moving to the northern community of Livingston. The Calgary Firefighters Association is worried that a closure of Station 6 would be a detriment to the safety of locals. The recommendations on the fire hall go before council on November 9th. Mainly sunny and 15 today. Tonight, clear with a low of 1 and tomorrow mainly sunny and a high of 18. It is currently 11 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And just in a little bit, Jen will be joining us for what's hot in the greenhouse. But right now I'm going to go to Robert. Good morning, Robert. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. What's happening? Good. Um, uh, quick question. Well, maybe two quick questions for you. Um, yeah, by one, all means. Yeah, we bought all our uh, stuff from you guys uh, this Thank spring. You. Yeah, no, that turned Hopefully out it worked out all right. Yeah, it did awesome. actually. So we have we have five. It turned out awesome actually. So we have, um, and they were really helpful, by the way. So thank you. Um, Good. We have five hydrangeas that we planted, and they really took off, like way more than we kind of thought they would, uh, yeah. which is great. But what do we do with them in the spring? Like, do you? We don't know. Like, do you trim hydrangeas? What what, you, what varieties did you get? Limelight. Okay. Yeah, you will trim them in the spring. So what you'll do is just enjoy. If you got the nice blooms on there, sometimes they look not too bad throughout the winter time. Even they look kind of look like dried flowers out there. I leave everything all winter long, and then in the springtime you'll see they'll 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 send out and they don't be discouraged because they kind of look hydrangeas don't look great in the springtime. They're kind of like ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they'll send out all these just these little buds, right? And okay. at that time, so just you got to envision those ones will be your branches. So then I just even it up very similar to the roses. So just even it up at that time in the springtime. And just when you prune them, you'll see what direction each one is pointing. So try and okay. do it so they're pointing outwards. Like if you're going to okay. trim one of the branches out. And then you'll right. cut off the old blooms from this year. And uh, it, it'll be pretty self-explanatory. Like you'll see it, the the green will come out. And don't be afraid to, like, if you have one of them where you're only higher, just, just even them up at that time. And it, it's amazing how fast. Like, I have a topiary, a little quick fire in the backyard, and I was like, I looked at it in the spring, and it's the first time I grew one of these topiary ones in the spring. I'm like, and I'm a garden center guy, and I'm still, like, looking at this thing, like, a bit discouraged. Like, it's not great. And it's okay. just amazing. In three weeks, it just filled right out. I had full of blooms all summer. And I was, it was great. So when we it, it's good back, for we need, me. Sorry, do Go we ahead. need to cut them on a, do we need to cut them on an angle or do you cut, or is that like just, just sort of straight across is fine. Yeah. They're, they're pretty easy going that way. Just, just use get yourself a nice, good um, pair of hand pruners that are nice and sharp. So you're not tearing the wood is more okay. important. It doesn't really matter what angle, just so it's nice and sharp. So it cuts right through them that we can heal properly and you're not tearing the wood is, is okay. more important. And they do, they're a fairly heavy feeder. So again, so next spring, just hit them with a shot of 153015 and you'll be good to go. 153015, okay. Yep. Um, 
And then the other one, you have one more question. Yeah, sorry, a quick one. We have an elderberry that just went nuts, uh, and it's like, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. But same thing. Wait till spring. Obviously, cut it back, or can we cut it back now? No. I always wait. I wait till spring, like I was saying earlier. That way, if there's going to be any winter kill, it's on all the stuff that you're going to need to cut back, anyways. So, so it works like that's mother nature exposes all that foliage for the winter time. So, if you cut it back now, you're going to expose the roots and everything a lot closer. And so, it's just better to leave it till till springtime, and it'll tell you where to prune it. So, depending on what elderberry, sometimes you come right back down to the ground, but it'll 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 tell you what to do. Okay, cool. So, All right, well, thanks very much. Yeah, you're welcome, and I'm glad everything worked out, and uh, and enjoy the winter. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> you too. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Robert. Bye-bye. And those, it, it's so nice nowadays. We have such great um, plants that we can grow out in our yard and that are just so nice, and uh, and they've expanded, and they've dug the the jungles up in uh, in Europe and things like that. And uh, and finding those hardy hydrangeas and the different spireas and things like that. Actually, I'm going to take Gwen real quick, and then right after the break, I'll I'll get back on with with Jen. So I'm going to go to Gwen with the cacti. Good morning, Gwen. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, Merle. Of course. I How can have, we help you? Um, I have cacti, and we're sharing pictures with some of my family in other provinces, and they would like cuttings of some of the colors that they don't seem to be able to find. Is there a way that I can take cuttings and ship them to them? Uh, are these like Christmas cactus or? Yeah, the, the ones you were just speaking about. So I've yeah. got ones that are blooming that are red. I got a yellow one. I've got an orange one. That's sort you, you, of- can, you can definitely do that. And so what you could do is you could speed it up. So what you could do is you could take the cuttings, root them yourself here because I wouldn't want to ship them at this time of year because oh. if they get caught in between somewhere in Canada where it's going to be cold, right? The chance it could freeze. But if you ship in the summertime, okay. so if you want to take some cuttings and root them up for your family members and then just pack them into a, into a little sandwich bag at that time and pack them nicely and then ship them and then when they get them, they're already rooted up. Um, they should survive no problem at all. Oh, that is great. Now, did I hear you say earlier that if you want to keep the blooms going longer, you move them away from yeah. the site? Yeah, it's, this so they're not in the hot spot. Like if you have them right in the window, and that helps get them blooming. But if you pull them away, put them into a little bit of a cooler spot, okay. it just it slows down the blooming time. So that way you can enjoy them a little bit more. Oh, that'd be great because I've got buds on lots of them and, um, oh, they, they yeah. bring me such joy with all the color. Yeah, and, and they're awesome, but it does, when we get our, our bright light, it does sometimes push them fairly quickly. So it's just nice when you can uh, enjoy them a little bit longer. So stretch it out, move them away from that, that real hot spot, and then uh, and then put them back there when they're all done blooming, and then they'll do it all over for you. Well, thank you so much, and I love your show. I listen all the time. Thanks, Gwen. All I'm right. so glad you're listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we'll chat with Jen for what's hot in the greenhouse. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Good morning and welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to bring up Jen. And she's working down at Spruce It Up today and uh, we'll see what's going on. What's hot in the greenhouse today? Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are, how's everything down there in the trop house? Oh, it's getting all set up nicely, actually. Nice and smooth. Yeah, it's looking great and very Christmassy and very, very lush, actually. But Tropical on your side of the fence, right? That's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you got Suzanne on the one side. She's Christmas. And Jen's <laughs> on the other side, and she gets. She's the tropical girl. Nice. So yeah. uh, we got lots of neat, and we got some different stuff in that we haven't seen from our typical suppliers. So maybe if you want to share with us what what you got in store out there in in the greenhouse, and what's looking good, and kind of what's trendy right now, and uh, and what's going on in the in the tropos there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we our uh, our latest shipment in from Florida. We got some. I think the biggest impact for me, visually, and for everyone who's coming into the store, is our giant um, 14, 14 inch marble queen pothos. She's yeah. Those leaves are huge. They're huge, um, bigger than my head. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It's in fantastic shape. It's parked right front and center where everybody can see her. And uh, yeah, that's a really stunning piece we have in right now. Nice, yeah. and they're getting. Um, and I noticed, like, just going through the list and things like that, lots of different dracenas, um, lots, mm-hmm. of, and those are all the different foliage. Which is it? That seems to be what's pretty hot right now, isn't it? A lot of foliage plants. Absolutely, the different, um, the, you know, the variegated and the colors, and you know, for example, even the Chinese evergreens as well. There's so many different colors um, that people are after for sure, just for something different and a contrast with what they already have. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. and and what's like you got like eight different sizes of Dracaena? Like, are they all sort of like? Do they grow mainly to the same height? Are they going to be those sort of six, seven foot trees eventually in your house? For those Dracaenas, um, yeah, they they will. I think they're going to be more of a slow grower, though, Merle. And, yeah. Um, right, and inside in your house, it'll be obviously a different environment than where they're from. But absolutely, the ones that we have in right now are are super, they're tall, some of them are, are fuller, some of them are more narrow, um, and of course with the different sizes of pots, we have the different heights to start with, because not everybody wants the full size right now, so yeah, there's definitely a ton of variety with those Dracaena, absolutely. Okay, and I noticed you had some Diefenbachia, which mm-hmm. typically before everyone, there was just one variety of Diefenbachia that everybody's seen, but I see you got some different... Um, some definitely some different varieties. Yeah. Um, um, is there one that you're speaking of in particular that you just the camouflage? With? I sort of see that one. Oh, and absolutely. the Mars. Yeah. 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 It's just because yeah. variegated seems to be quite hot right now. So it just anything that's variegated um, with the big leaf like this and that the big Diefenbachia is uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. And with that Diefenbachia, I know we had the one in. Uh, earlier in the season you know in the in the fall and i had a couple of customers ready to go to battle over it because one was just waiting to see if she was going to buy it in the background so now i have yeah. i have more of them but yeah they're definitely a, a beautiful leaf that people are after okay and i had an earlier caller mention about the corn plant mm-hmm. um and she was getting blooms on it so really? which was kind of, yeah so because they'll all bloom eventually but they uh mm-hmm. they'll send out like it looks like a little corn type bloom on the top of a 
when they're when they're eating the corn on the cob on the plant. Yeah. So, okay. And I know she got a lot of the fiddlehead figs. So those are still pretty popular. For sure. Yeah, they're gorgeous as well. Nice shiny green leaves, and they're gigantic. Also, we've got um, we've got a variety though. We've got the bush ones in the ten inch pots. We've got standards in the ten inch pots, and then we've got giant standards as well um, with those fiddle leaves. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Now it just looks like a, it's amazing jungle you got going down there. So it's, uh, and <clears throat> I guess with all this, if we're going to be inside and we're not going anywhere, might as well create that uh, tropical paradise at home, eh? Oh, absolutely. It is. It is absolutely a jungle right now inside for all the amount of green and lushness. And we have also in the 14 inch pots, we have these giant cat ponds. I don't know if you, if you got uh, yeah. a chance to have a look at those, but they're, they're fabulous. They're they're so healthy and green. And anyway, I just enjoy walking through, and I just go up and down sometimes, and and I'm not even working. <laughs> it's kind of nice, right? You get to be a little a little tropical vacation, going a little hike Absolutely. in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's nice and cozy in there too. And then now with these nice days, it's just it sort of extends summer in a way. So yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen. And uh, so if you want to check uh, any of the plants out, go down and see Jen and her team down at uh, Spruce It Up Tropical House, and she'll be down there and be able to help you out. And if if you buy a pot and a plant, you get free transplanting. You bet. Thanks, Merle. Uh, all right. Thanks, Jen. Have a great day. You as well. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And where am I at? I think – is Gordon still on the line? Okay. Well, actually, I'm on a break time. Okay. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Gordon. He's been very patient. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? I'm doing great, actually. You know, it's nice and warm out. It's a sunny day we're going to be able to do some gardening this week finish up some stuff and uh anytime it's not minus 30 i'm pretty happy <laughs> <laughs> anyway um couple questions um, yes sir uh, last time i watered my succulents was the 10th of october now uh i'm just wondering should i uh water them what once a month or what um, they're inside I just look at them, and depending on if they're dry, you can water them, right? right. Just because they can go longer doesn't mean you have to let them go. Yeah. Um, so so if you do it every couple of weeks, if they're in a fairly bright spot, um, I know some people like to push their, their succulents and things like that right to the point where they're like just dust. Yeah. But there's no need to, as long as you're not keeping them wet. And if you keep them watered, a lot of times they'll bloom for you. They'll do a little bit more. So you just you don't want to, like I said, push, push, push them to the. But definitely in the winter time, you can let them go an extra week if you wanted to. Yeah. By all means, it wouldn't hurt them. So okay. The other thing is, uh, I'm looking at my groundhog cactus. Yep. And the reason why I call it the groundhog is I've had it for about two, three years. I've nursed it, nursed it, nursed it. And finally, it bloomed on Groundhog Day. Oh wow! Cool. So that's I love when cactuses Groundhog bloom. now instead of Christmas. Awesome. And I'm just looking at it right now, and there's at least ten buds ready to to uh, bloom. Awesome. 
Yeah, no, and that that variety is, and same at my house. I got, um, I got four of them in one pot, and they're just budding like crazy. They're gonna bloom in the next week or so. So, um, those are the Thanksgiving cactus. Like I was saying earlier, there's a Easter, a Thanksgiving, and a Christmas cactus. There's kind of three varieties that look very similar, and they bloom at a little bit different times. So, okay, no problem. Anyway, have Alrighty. fun. All right, thanks, Gordon. Have Alrighty. a great day. You too. See you, sir. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. <clears throat> hey, how weather. are you? Good, good. This weather's great. Isn't it nice? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful. Um, uh, remember we talked about peppers a while back? I, I got caught with my pass yeah. down here. So I started them early. They just popped up this morning. Oh, the nice. Question, question I have is I, I put them in a humidity tent. A little humidity, yeah. dome. And how many sets of true leaves should there be before I can take them out of the humidity dome? Well, I usually just do two on my peppers. I, right. They don't they don't need to stay in there much longer. And then I usually go for three or four. Then I'll transplant them at that point. Oh, okay. But they can come out after a couple couple sets. Yeah, once they get the second set, they're fine. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I I always like bringing them out. When they're ready to go, it just, if you leave them there too long, they get too set on that real high humidity. And I find they struggle more when you bring them out later. Right. And they kind of get, they get leggy on you, right? Yeah, so. that's why I was asking. I, you know, to give them a little bit more strength. Awesome. Yeah. And they're on a, they're on an 18 6 light cycle. So perfect. Yeah. It should be good for spring. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, Dwight. Have a good one. You too. Take care, sir. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And where are we at? We still got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I uh, picked up a Bing cherry tree in one of the garden centers here in Strathmore. Okay. Well, okay. Four feet tall. I, I transplanted it into my yard. The summer transplanted very well. Uh, I'd really like to have some BC cherries next summer. How am I going to winter this thing? Um, the chance of surviving aren't great. Right. Um, um, was it more of a box store garden center that you got it? That's right. Like a Walmart. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like they bring in plants that aren't hardy for here. Right. So it, it, it won't produce fruit for you. It won't live. Um, at, you, you can try and, and winter it. Like there's, there's a slight chance, but there's zone six, five, six. Mm-hmm. And we're barely a four, right? So if you have it in a sheltered spot, mm-hmm. in uh, in a in a location maybe on the south or west side of your house, um, quite sheltered. But the thing is, they don't in, ensuring that it stays frozen over the winter is really important. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would just myself. I would switch to. There's so many great. Um, and they're not quite the same as a Bing cherry. I agree with you, but there's some great cherries that you can grow here that you know that are going to survive. Oh, and I, there's I, like I, the, I just uh, and, and oh, you want to try it? Well, in my yard, I got a big yard, so yep. And you're out in the area. You're in Strathmore, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think if anybody out that way, that kind of seems to be. There is an old rumor that someone out that way had a peach tree grown at one time mm-hmm. so um it seems to be the belt of area that uh 
that you might be able to to be in the banana belt out there and you might have some luck. But well, unfortunately, like I said, when those – what's that? Did, did you know that it used to be an orchard in Brooks? Yeah. 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 No, and actually, they well, the arboretums out there, the and the, the all the woody ornamentals, they had a lot of the trial plants. And I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough when I, I was building a willow walk for a client, and mm-hmm. they had all the varieties of willow, and they let me go through and take cuttings from their arboretum out there at the Brooks Research Lab. So right. So I was I was thinking like I put uh, uh, quite a bit of mulch on top of the on the ground, yeah. and maybe wrap it in burlap. Um, I wouldn't wrap it. Again, that, okay. that sort of heats it up. You want to just – the main thing is just keeping the ground frozen. So if you mulch it, um, water it in well right here before the freeze-up. Anytime it snows, cover it with snow. And who knows? Let me know. Give me a shout back and uh, in the spring, Dave, and let me know if that thing comes back. <laughs> well, I'm hoping. I'm going to work on it this week before it gets cold. Thanks, bro. All right. Good luck there. All right. Yes, bye. Bye-bye. All right, now I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and 11 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Quebec police say a deadly Halloween night attack that killed two people and injured five others does not appear to be linked to terrorism. Quebec City Police Chief Robert Pigeon says the attack involved a man dressed in a medieval costume swinging a sword at what he described as random victims. Robert Pigeon, chief of Quebec City Police, says they were able to apprehend the suspect just before one in the morning. The suspect, a 24-year-old male from outside of Quebec City area, injured seven people using a katana-type sword. Of this of these victims, two of them unfortunately died. Five others were injured, but they are expected to survive. Pigeon says the suspect came prepared to harm as many victims as possible, but says his motivations appear to be personal in nature. Some Humboldt Broncos parents are eager for a permanent memorial to be built at the scene of the crash that killed 16 and injured 13 others. There has been a growing temporary memorial ever since the accident in April 2018. Michelle Strashnitsky, whose son Ryan was injured in the accident, has only seen the site through pictures. It's kind of becoming a little weather-worn, and, um, but there's some beautiful touching uh, pieces there that certainly should be preserved. It's just, um, I think, it, it could be cleaned up a little bit. Chris Joseph, whose son Jackson died in the accident, says he doesn't want to wait around 30 years, which is how long it took the Swift Current Broncos to finally build a memorial for the four who died in 1986. A downtown fire hall could be at risk of moving to a new northern community, and that has Calgary Firefighters Association worried. Administration has come forward with a recommendation to explore the closure of the Eau Claire Fire Station 6, which is less than 10 years old, in order to open up a station in the community of Livingston. Councillor Evan Woolley does not agree with closing the fire hall, as the downtown core needs as much coverage as possible. You have tens of thousands of people living in, uh, and working in the downtown core, and you also have our water rescue crew working out of 6 Station, which is right on the Bow River. And so I'm concerned about the safety of our citizens. Council members will be asked on Monday if they want to approve 11 new communities. The recommendations on the fire hall go before council on November 9th. 
Recent COVID-19 case numbers show a lack of adherence to public health orders over the Thanksgiving weekend. Intensive care physician at the Royal Alexandra Hospital in Edmonton, Dr. Darren Markland, says he'd like to move away from cohorts as a result, as well as a reduction in limits on gatherings. We know the nature of this disease is different than we thought at the beginning. We thought it was a lot like the flu, but a lot of our major events happen around super spreading events. And when you are in a room with somebody who has the ability to be a super spreader, everyone gets infected or most of them do. So 15 is too much. We need to shrink our connections significantly. BC's done the pick six. You have six people in your life. He says cohorts are confusing for people and aren't restrictive enough in containing the spread, especially compared to the pick six model. The clock is ticking down till November 3rd's U.S. presidential election. Already close to 90 million votes have been cast in early voting. This is a record. Both candidates are campaigning hard in so-called swing states in this contentious election. Global's Jennifer Johnson reports. Already over 86 million Americans have cast their ballots in early voting, guaranteeing that November 3rd will mark the first election in U.S. history where the majority of ballots were cast before Election Day. The candidates are blitzing through swing states. U.S. President Donald Trump is in Pennsylvania. Democratic presidential opponent Joe Biden is campaigning in Michigan with his former boss, President Barack Obama. Meanwhile, there are renewed concerns that millions of mail-in ballots won't be counted on time. Jennifer Johnson, Global News. Taking a look at sports, Ontario Premier Doug Ford says he's working with the Ontario Hockey League on a return-to-play plan that will allow body checking. The Premier tweeted this after Minister of Sport Lisa McLeod previously said there wouldn't be any due to COVID-19 concerns. The OHL hopes to start its season in February. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny and 15 today. Tonight, clear with a low of 1. Tomorrow, mainly sunny and a high of 18. It is currently 11 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. And if you'd like to join me, the phone line is open. We have a few spots. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 if you want to call. And those are the out of town. And those are both the talk and text line. So we are accepting lots of texts. And if you'd like to join me, that would be great as well. Right now I'm going to go to Les. Good morning, Les. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing, sir? Well, I hope you can uh, understand what I'm saying because I just had 28 teeth pulled. But okay, oh. <laughs> ouch! That's, uh, that's neither here nor there. I had to have them pulled before they'll do my knee surgery or a replacement. Oh, but oh really? Like that's that, I have uh, actually have three questions if you've got time to answer them. Uh, absolutely. You just went through that. I'll give you three calls. Okay. <laughs> First two are uh, kind of one of the same. I was listening. Okay. To you, I was listening to you talking to your lady in the greenhouse at your store. Yeah. And I have cats. Um, what kind of plants can you recommend that there aren't poisons to them, and then maybe they'll leave alone? Like, can I use? I know I can't. Uh, um, mother-in-law's tongue's no good, and neither is the. Uh, What's the other one you mentioned? Um, yeah, the Diefenbachia. Some of those are poisonous as well. Yeah, they're not good. They make them lose their meow. Yeah, uh, depends. Yeah, it depends if what kind of cat. If you have one that loves to get into the plants. Well, they've um, never had plants around them. That's the, I don't know. 
Oh, okay. So maybe start with, like, even if you just start with some Dracaena, so like the yeah, dragon sorry. tree, start. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, start with something like that, like a Dracaena dragon tree. They're fairly hardy, and just get your plant, get your get your cat used to having some plants around. A lot of times yeah, they like the soil. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a little bit could be a little bit of training when you bring something new. I'd bring yeah. one or two yeah. in at a time and sort of, and then see how that goes. What about jade plants? Uh, jades are, I, I believe they're fine. Um, they, and they're pretty hardy and, and the cats, um, I don't see any reason why they, they'd probably like bigger plants. Like, you know, like cats are more yeah, interested yeah, in, yeah, yeah. and so, so for jades, I, I can't see them having any issues with those. Okay. So yeah. And there's quite a few, like a cat. Or a dog will get sick if they eat too much of almost any kind of plant, though, right? Like, yeah, well, yeah, but not yeah. necessarily poison them. So, well, if you find our- one you like, yeah, just check when you're at the store or wherever you're buying them. Just if 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 you if they don't know for sure, do a quick Google okay. of the plant. Yeah. And uh, but for the most part, our our team down at Spruceville they'll let you know whether you're 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 good to go with your with your cat or not. So, okay, now these. Um- what do they call them? The sun blaster bulbs or, uh, or yeah, the grow lights. Uh, yes. Do they come? Can you get them in an eighteen-inch fluorescent? I believe so. If not, real close, sixteen or eighteen, because I know we have a eighteen, a thirty-six, and then we have a forty-eight inch. Yeah, I have three eighteen-inch uh, fixtures, and for reasons of space, I can't put a four foot all in one place eh? but i can you know put an 18 here 18 there or whatever okay yeah and we and we have the ones that you can screw into a regular socket as well okay well i I i'm going to put them in my garage and i don't have uh like i yeah it doesn't work well for me to use a socket one but yeah no i know what you mean but yeah no we definitely have uh those in stock as well okay well thank you very much i appreciate your time all right. Well, good luck with the knee surgery, and uh, hope all goes well. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I got a letter from the doctor, from the surgeon. They said, well, we're going to do your knee in six months, uh, but you got to have a dentist sign off. So I said, okay, fine. I'll go to the dentist. I haven't been to one in 20 years. Uh, $9,500 later, uh, then oh, the dentist God. will sign off on it. But luckily, oh, luckily I'm a senior, so uh, the government's paying for paying uh, 83 of it, and then the dentist says, oh, good. well, I'll, I'll be a nice guy, and I'll eat the rest of it for you. Awesome. Well, Thanks. that's very nice. All right, well, have a great day. Good luck Thanks with that. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I listen to you just about every Sunday. Thank you. All yeah. right, take care, bud. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and now I'm going to go to Betty. Good morning, Betty. Hello. Hi, Betty. Hi. I have a hey, question how can I help about you? my hibiscus. Okay. Uh, love, I, I love hibiscus. Yellow. The leaves are turning yellow? Yeah, they're getting yellow spots on them. Okay. And it's happened all summer. Okay. Um, do you have any of those little fungus gnats in the soil? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Chancellor, you might be just running it a little bit too dry. Okay. Um, but yeah, even cause... like the baby ones, the baby leaves mm-hmm. are going yellow. Okay. 
Are you are you able to text the? I, what I do is even check underneath the leaves for spider mite or anything like that as well. I've looked. I don't see anything. Okay. I know there's no um, spider mites. There's no webs. Okay. Um, typically, if they're going like yellow like that, it's either one or the other. They're either running too dry or too too wet. Okay. But that's sort of why I asked. Typically, if you get those fungus gnats, if you're doing it too wet. Okay. And, no, I'm uh, not doing but, it too wet. Okay. You just might be going, like I said, then maybe a little bit dry. And they do like a fertilizer 30-10-10. They like a little bit more acidic. Okay. Um, I looked on the internet and it said to pull it up and put bleach and water on the leaf, on the roots. Hmm. I probably wouldn't do that myself, but um, I would just try and get it. Have you transplanted or done anything lately, or is no. it really root-bound? That's why I brought it in the house. It's a bush. And okay. I had it outside, and I brought it in, and I want to uh, keep it. Yeah, for like the, in the in, as a house plant for the winter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's no problem. So did I you transplant it when you brought it, it inside? Yeah, actually, absolutely. Transplant into some nice, good potting soil. Okay, got that. And then, yeah, if you can do that, that would be great. Water it in really well, and then in about three or four weeks, you can give it a shot of fertilizer, like the thirty ten ten. Okay. And, and you uh, think that'll help the yellowing leaves? Absolutely, absolutely. And keep it in a fairly bright spot as well. Okay. And you'll be fine. Okay, thanks. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Okay, have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. And where – yeah. And if you'd like to join me, if phone lines are wide open, you can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite full time full service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And gonna go to the phone lines, and we're gonna go to Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Um, Perfect. Pretty, Thank you. Pretty straightforward questions. for a couple of them, I guess. Uh, All right. Take it easy tomatoes. on me. Uh, we planted tomatoes from seed last year. We got them from your place, actually. So first question is, they were nice little uh, cherry tomatoes, a little oval-shaped. We didn't mark down the name of them that you gave us. Maybe you, you might have been selling a few brands last year. Yeah, we we were. I I know it's just, yeah, there was this, it could be like the, it's just a type of cherry tomato. Okay. I know it's, I love those ones. And then I usually get the yellow ones too, like the sugar baby or whatever. Okay. And those are really good as well. Now, the problem is uh, we plant, I don't remember when, when we planted them, but it seems like it took seven months to get them. If it wasn't for a nice September, we wouldn't have got any tomatoes that have froze. So when really? do you start off your tomatoes from seed? We started them in that little tray with those little cores that you have there. Yeah. They're really cool. What, when yeah, would usually, you start those? Like March, April, you're usually okay. good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we did it in March. And uh, Did you like put said, them outside all summer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you bet. Yeah, I was babysitting them in and out all spring. And, yeah, we did it. And we did, like you mentioned, uh, uh, to plant them low, and they were nice, beautiful stalks. And yeah. there are hundreds of tomatoes. I'll be lying if I said thousands, but hundreds of tomatoes on there. 
Um, oh, good. Fantastic as well. But like I said, if it wasn't a nice September, we'd have lost. Wouldn't have gotten them. Yeah, so if you want to start them a bit earlier, though, if you like, by all means, you just got to watch that they don't get too leggy on you in the house, and yeah, that's what that's- I find. Like they they do like being outside. They like the airflow. They love that. Um, well, February is the right time. February to March. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd wait until March. A little bit longer days because I find everything takes. If you start earlier. It, the days are shorter, and it, everything just takes longer to germinate, anyways. So if you wait till March, um, okay. typically the days are longer, <clears throat> and things will grow a lot quicker. So you kind of—the only reason you do it earlier is a lot of times it's for space. Like when we used to do our own seeding and growing in the garden center, like we would start seeding January second, and a lot of it was just because we had to—we only had so much time in the year. To, to do it, mm-hmm. so we started early with our pansies and things like that. So oh, that's beautiful. Okay, that's the answer I needed. Thank you. All right, and that's care. it. Yeah, you bet. Nice and easy. All right, Take thanks, care, Don. Man. Have a good one. Bye. All right, and where are we at for time? We're good. We're going to go to Gavin. Good morning, Gavin. Hi, Merle. Um, hey, Gavin. Caller. Hi. How's it going? Um, good, good. I listen to you all the time. Um, awesome. The missus bought me a lemon tree. And, okay. Uh, okay. Oh, in July, and um, the darn thing is not doing very well. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like it had leaves, it had little tiny lemons, about the size that a squirrel could eat. But yeah, and it's only, I don't know, two feet tall, and it came okay. in a pot already. We bought yeah. it at. Uh, um, on 17th Ave, just past plant. Ogden. So, yeah, that little that little store in there, plant, I think. Yeah, on the left-hand side as you're going to um, uh, Chestermere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. yeah I know and now it's got about. nothing. It's got no leaves. It's got nothing. She wants me to throw it away, but I think I, old what I would do got something. <clears throat> Yeah, what I would do is, did you? I would transplant it. So I'd get yourself a nice pot. Yeah, bigger. I would pot? transplant. Yeah, a bigger pot, something that's a little bit more tall and cylinder type. Mm-hmm. But it just, I would get some new soil in there. Lemon trees can go, and they kind of, they can look kind of ratty at one point, and typically, um, if they're not to- totally happy, but if they if the branches are still green and everything. I, I oh, wouldn't yeah. hesitate because I had the same problem. I, I mine just looked like crap, and then I put it into a new pot, put some new soil in it, and and put it into the brightest window you can get. Well, we face northern tiles, so we don't get yeah. much sun. Yeah, but. so just find the brightest one you can get. That 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 will definitely help. And then in the win- in the summertime, I move mine outside, sort of start in June first. And I leave it out there until September first. Okay, is then, there some <clears throat> kind of food you give it or something? Thirty ten ten. <clears throat> they like the evergreen food. Evergreen. And yep. where so do I 30, get this 10, from? Thirty ten ten. Well, you can get it down at Spruce It Up. Um, is one place if you want to come down and visit us down there, or most of the garden centers should have it. But you want something? They they like it acidic, so they like the thirty ten ten. Okay, I don't want Jack to die. So <laughs> there you go. So I let's get him a nice Jack. pot. I know. It nice. Crazy. Well, we have some nice, nice pots. 
um, get a nice pot, a good bag of soil, and uh, what size and get, of let, pot would you say? Like you just how, had, it's about two feet. I'd probably go into a twelve or a fourteen inch. Twelve, fourteen inch. Okay, because yeah. it's in probably I don't know. Looks like a six or eight. Yeah, so size. definitely go into a a ten or twelve inch pot. Okay. Okay. All right. And this nice soil, don't plant it too deep. Water it in really well, and then you can give it a shot of the 30-10-10 once you get rolling. But I can uh, still leave it in the house still, right? Oh, absolutely. No, they're a good house plant. I have mine in there. I probably have eight lemons on it right now. And Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, No, because now it's a house plant, right? So it'll it'll grow in here over the winter. But what really helps, I, I move it out sort of June 1st outside, and I put, just put it on and the patio. It does It seems better. to love that. more sunlight, yeah. the better. Yeah. So should I get a sunlight or something shine on it? Well, like the grow light doesn't lights? hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you don't have a lot of light, if your house is kind of dark, get mm-hmm. yourself a nice grow light. I know we have the bulb kind that you can just screw in as well into a regular fixture oh, okay. if you want. And uh, that definitely helps. And you're on McLeod Trail at the end. Yep, McLeod Trail and 210. Uh, what's that called, that area? Le- Legacy, Chaparral. Legacy. Right. Yep, and okay. there's actually f- yeah, all kinds of communities behind us now. It's crazy. It's just developing like crazy right now, so it's good. The whole city Our- is developing great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of okay, wonder. Well. All right, thanks, Gavin. Okay, you take Have care. a good one. Peace you safe. too, sir. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and... And, uh, and 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 one thing is, if you are growing a citrus plant, they do go through a time sometimes where they just don't do well, and they kind of look, eh, they look a little bit gnarly. So they'll they'll re, like, doesn't take them long to rebounce back though. Good soil, a nice pot, a little bit of water, lots of light, and we'll be good to go. And I just got a text was from someone said years ago I used a citrus spray on my plants to keep the cats away. Cats don't like citrus. So for the gentleman up north there who's uh, looking to get some house plants, maybe try some citrus spray, and then that will help keep the keep the cats away. So <laughs> anyways, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open now, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And right now, I'm going to go to a text. Uh, here we are. Merle, do I do I scrape off the tango foot on our birch trees? Also, can we use lac balsam now or wait till spring? Actually, yeah, lac balsam, you use it if you have any damage to your bark. It's a bark replacement, so it's important to use it right after the damage is done. Just clean up the wounds and do that. And I would definitely take off the tango foot pace typically you don't put it right on the birch trees you should wrap it with uh with a paper wrap first and th- and don't leave it on all summer i would take it off um sort of in july once you get through that time when they're going up and catching the bugs it's just better to to remove it um it's just like leaving a band-aid on too long and uh it's not great for it and we got another texture is it too late in fall to apply my green it up actually no right now is a great time and i've had a couple people asking about mowing their grass and uh actually it's funny a buddy of mine called me yesterday he was mowing his grass as well and uh so 
it's it's a still if it needs a little mowing, tighten it up for winter. Now's a great time. Get out there, give it a quick mow, and definitely get it down, especially if you have the risk of the little um, moles or voles going through or the field mice going through your through your grass if you leave it too long. So I think you're better off to uh, to take it down and uh, and do that thing and just take away the environment for them to uh, live in. They like that long grass, is I guess is what I'm kind of saying. All right. One more quick one here before the break. All right. Good morning, Merle. I have some potentilla. I have some potentilla to about five years old. One planted this spring. How can I prune them back this fall? They just like to be trimmed. So just take a third off the top. Just trim them up, make them into a nice little round ball. And then next spring, you'll get tons of new growth on there. And they'll look awesome for you going into uh, next spring. All right. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A man in his 20s has been arrested in Quebec City in connection to a stabbing, two stabbings that left two people dead and five injured last night. Police report he used a katana sword and was dressed in medieval attire. Police do not believe the actions were affiliated with terrorism and believe he was motivated by personal reason. Corporal James Choi of the Canadian Armed Forces has died after an incident on Friday night involving live fire in a training exercise. The incident happened at CFB Wainwright in Alberta. Officials say he died of injuries yesterday morning in hospital. He was 29 years old. The temporary memorial at the site of the 2018 Humboldt Broncos crash is starting to show the effects of time and weather. 16 people died and 13 others were injured at the site two and a half years ago. Parents are hoping something more permanent will be on its way soon. It took 30 years for the Swift Current Broncos to build a permanent memorial after four players died in another bus crash in 1986. Mainly sunny and 15 today. Tonight, clear with a low of 1. Tomorrow, mainly sunny and a high of 18. It's 12 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I'm going to go to the phone line. But if you'd like to join us, we do have some spots open for the last half hour here of the show. You can call us at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go to Lee. Good morning, Lee. Hello, Merle. I love your show. Thank you so much. I love doing it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. So, um, and thanks for calling. Hey, I got a query for you. On okay. September twenty September twenty seventh, I had uh, some pea pods that I had planted, snap peas, and they were dried. And I yep. planted them as an experiment in my used Keurig coffee cup, Tim Hortons. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they have they're growing like crazy. Okay. And so I, I transplanted them about two weeks ago into soil inside a pot in my house. Okay. And they're they're leggy. They're about, oh, 12 to 14 inches long now. <clears throat> I'm going to put a mesh up so that they can try growing up there. But um, I really think, first of all, I was stunned that they grew in coffee grounds. Well, and they secondly, really... 
Go ahead. Um, they will grow in that kind of thing actually really quite easily, right? Because any kind of organic matter that gets wet, it like they don't have to have a specific soil or like ah. it's because uh, if you think all around the world, like in the tropical jungles and things like that they don't have soil like we have. Like their yeah. soil is is made up of bark and leaves and and things that that have dropped over the forest floor. So yeah, like Alberta is probably one of the only places I think in the world where we have like that nice dark soil, right? So Okay. Well, I'm just kind of wondering, what kind of success do you think if I keep babying these and put a mesh crawling thing up for them? Do you think they'll produce over the winter um, in, in my uh, house? They like it cool though, right? You know how the peas love that. And, and when it's almost too hot, sometimes they get a little bit like leggy, like you're saying. So yeah. they need a fair bit of airflow. Okay. So anytime you can get them near a window, yep, and open it up, and let that oh, maybe yeah. if you put the backside, put the your little trellis up against the window where you can open up the window, that's, but just watch it's that perfect. See, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> no, but well, that's what they I, like. They yeah, like the airflow. And I noticed that at the end of the season, when it got cooler out, I couldn't believe they were still flowering and producing. Like in uh, before I pulled them into the, like before I harvested them all, they were still yep. producing. Like up until the end of uh, the middle of September, the one, some of them. We, so. we had a great growing year this year. Um, yeah, I agree. With the way the way the it heated up, we had like we had so many nice warm nights, like. It was, it was, we had like, it was a nice summer, like all things considered besides the, everything else going on. But exactly. it was, it, the ground warmed up. We had those long days, nice and warm. It was just, uh, so it was great for growing. So, um, wow. but that's what I would do with those in the house though. They, they kind of like that cool. So in the morning, just watch You don't get, cause sometimes it's deceiving, Watch that it isn't below like zero outside because that cold air coming across will freeze it. Like it's amazing how. Against the window, so yeah, you just have to watch. Should I put any fertilizer in to help it? Because it's just in soil and the odd coffee ground now. Yeah, you can just you can use again like fifteen thirty fifteen would work great for those. Okay. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend a ton of money or waste too much on it because I don't think you're gonna. Like you're not going to get tons of yield or anything like that, no. but it's a neat experiment. Yeah, so. that's all it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, thank that's you. a great idea for those seed pods because I know I use the Keurig too at home, and uh -huh. that's a great idea for little pods for growing, right? You could even yeah, put those in an egg tray or something like that. Yeah. I put uh, some beans. I also tried uh, four Keurigs with beans in them that I also grew, and they did nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 and I, from what I understand, so, so, too much coffee in your soil isn't great either. I know some of the places give away it as compost too. It's just yeah. like anything. Too much of a good thing is not good. So. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling, Lee. Take care. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. All right. And. I'm going to go to the text line, and then when I get back, I'm going to want to chat with. Uh, actually, why don't we just go to Allison right now? I might as well just go to her right now. We'll go to Allison. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. How can I help you? 
Good. Oh, it's a lovely day. I've got um, a lipstick plant that I've yeah. had for years now, and I've never had a blossom on it. Um, I was actually having trouble growing it for a while, but now it's I've got that kind of down. It's it's growing. And okay, and and you should be able to. They're fairly. They're pretty straightforward. Sometimes you can kill them with kindness. Okay. They're they're a type of plant. If you do too much to them, they they don't like it. So they, they like, like, to, like be, to be neglected. Yeah, and they like a good bright spot. Um, mm -hmm. sort of watered every couple of weeks. They're almost like a succulent. Um, and then they do like fertilizer though, like a fifteen thirty fifteen. And I, I know, like, with mine, I have one in the house and it's beside my uh, Christmas cactus. Mm -hmm. And it, I just, same thing, I, I almost treat them the same, like a little bit of the neglect. Uh, they get the fertilizer sort of three or four times a year, and they both perform very well. Okay. Is that All the right. same for a Hoya? Yes. Very similar plant. It's the same. It's a succulent as well. It has those thicker leaves. It holds moisture. So with mm -hmm. all your house plants, and this is for everybody listening to is <clears throat> people always ask, how often do I water my plants? It really, there's so many factors, right? The size of the mm -hmm. pot, the location. So I always just say is water it when they're dry out. So when it's dry and you can feel the weight of the pot, you can feel the weight difference mm -hmm. of when it's real heavy, mm -hmm. um, give it some water. Okay. And yeah. let it let it dry in between waterings is always the best method with all your house plants. Because there's not a set thing like just because it's Tuesday, you got to water your fiddlehead. And on Wednesday, I water the sense of area, right? Just whenever they're right. dried out, that's when you water. All right. And do they, these plants, the lipstick and the Hoya, do they like to be root bound? Um, or do they, like they don't mind it. Yeah. Uh -huh. They prefer to be transplanted. Like they, they don't mind being root bound for a bit. But with all the plants, like they'll, they'll just perform nicer if you have a good soil in them, a nice, well drained pot. And uh, and whenever you're if you get in a pot, just try and find one with drain holes in the bottom, and mm -hmm. a good soil, and they and then you're good for a few years, right? If you just transplant them into one that's a couple inches bigger than what it's in now, that okay. gives you two or three years of growing in that pot, and you're good to go. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. All right. You're very welcome. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons. And if you'd like to join me, we have some spots open on the, on the phone lines, 403-974-8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. Just going to go through a couple of the, the things that you should be doing at this time. A quick little reminder. If you, if you didn't get a chance to mow your grass out there, now is still a great time. Give it a quick mow. Get it down to about the inch and a half, two inches. And uh, that just keeps it nice and tight for winter. Keeps the critters out of there a little bit more. And, and you want to do... With all your evergreens, so you, what you'd want to do at this time of year is give them a good wash down. Get a little uni nozzle, get out there, give everything a good wash down. Takes all the dust, any of the bugs or anything that have nesting in there, just washes them all out. And uh, and if you have some tender evergreens like your cedars or your cowrie boxwoods or any of those kind of thing, 
this coming week is a perfect week to apply the anti-desiccant, the wilt proof. It's the lip balm for your tender evergreens, which makes a big, big difference. It's, it's, it's dry here in Calgary, as we all know. So that will definitely help get those tender evergreens through the winter for you. So those are one of the things, a couple of the, the projects that I would look at doing. And it's a good time to look at your trees and shrubs. And if you see a bunch of any dead damage or disease branches, um, give your guys a, give the pruning tour a call. I know market in the wintertime, a lot of times it, it's nice. Some days it's not as good pruning when it's minus 30, but we can see the structure of the tree. We can see the branching. We can um, get in there. And typically we quote a little bit less in the wintertime because we can go in and out quicker because we can see the trees and we can see the branching a lot easier so we can move through things faster. So it tends to be a little less expensive in the pruning for the wintertime. So if you're looking to get your trees done, um, you can give the, the guys that prune it up a call and they'd be more than happy to have a look at your trees and get you scheduled in for the winter. And right now I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Judith. Good morning, Judith. Hi, good morning. Hi there. Um, How can I help you? So I like some information about onions and garlic. What I've been doing, well, I pulled out onions. I grew them from seed, and they're quite small. Or they're they're all sizes, but there's a few small ones I could keep for a set. I've never dealt with sets, and I kind of know nothing very much about them other than you dry them out over the winter yeah, you guess. treat them like a yeah you treat them like a bulb very similar right they need to go in that dormant um, cycle put them into yeah. a cool dark place um, where it's nice and dry can and they, then you're, can you're they good cool? can they freeze like in the in the, uh, in, in, the in the garage not if you're yeah, if you're not if you're in a cool like in a heated garage, like if you had them in a cardboard box in some peat moss or or cocoa moss or something like that, you'll be totally fine. Okay. What about like maybe shredded newspaper or something? Um, that would work. It just it, the soil is better, like just a dry like a cocoa moss or something like that, or a peat moss oh, okay, or okay, something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, that would be – it is better for it. But if, okay. if all you have is shredded newspaper, you can give that a try. Just as long as it's cool, dry, um, that should be fine in a cardboard box or an old styrofoam con- cooler or a regular Coleman cooler or something like that would be great. Okay. Um, all right. Now, the, the, the garlic, um, in the summertime, I was um, just growing them from my garlic cloves. I would – you know how they start to yeah. – uh, yeah, and so I'd put them in, and now they're just little guys. Do I pull them out for the winter? And oh, No, right now is a great time to plant them. Like, if, and if I would oh, just even plant good. them, let them grow through. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay, a lot of times fall planting is better for garlic. So. All right. I'll get so to yes, it. And I, yeah, no, and it's a great week to do it. It's supposed to warm up here. So it's a great week to get any of those bulbs you have left over, any garlic or if you have any tulips or any of that other stuff. Um, would be awesome. Okay, maybe one more little question. Um, sure. I'd like to grow some uh, uh, fruit trees in my garden. Um, yeah. And, and I'm wondering, do I plant, plant the seeds now? For fruit then, trees? Well, yeah, most, from seed. From seed. I'm, I want to yeah, do you can't, you, you can't do it from seed, unfortunately. Most of the fruit oh. that you can grow here, in, as in trees... 
um, they they are all grafted onto a hardy root stock. So like all your like crab plum. apples and like all those kind of th- like a same thing. Really? Same. They're yeah. Okay. Everything's grafted onto hardy root stock. It's just because the root isn't hardy enough to survive here. So if you look at mo- all the fruit plants, fruit trees are, are grafted because the fruit up top is on a the tr- it isn't as hardy as the root stock. So. So they just won't survive here. Even even in a sheltered, uh, you know, uh, like yeah, even in a sheltered location. Yep. No, all all all, pretty much all of our fruit trees we bring in are all grafted onto a hardy rootstock. What if I grow it in the greenhouse? It just, uh, yeah, you can try growing in the greenhouse, but it just it'll never survive outside. Like once you put it outside, um, it won't survive and and give you the fruit production. So it's always better like you can start with some smaller trees and they've already give you a head start and that way you can you can skip three or four years of growing and, and get right to the point of getting fruit. But you could you could just yeah, there's just none of those that will really work to give you the end production here in Calgary. So Alrighty. Okay. Thank you very All right. much. Sorry about that. All right, thanks, Judith. Bye bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, i got time for maybe one or two calls. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to Diana. Good morning, Dan. Hello, Merle. Isn't this great? We've got time to sort of catch up after a winter hit last week. Uh, absolutely. No, it, it's good. It's kind of given us that where it didn't freeze everything solid in the ground, so we're still able to work and do our thing. That's it. That's it. I've got a really stupid question. I'm sure you'll yes, think sir. it is. Um, I brought in some of that lovely rec echeveria. I think it's echeveria, you know, succulent, yep. because yep. I wanted to try and keep it over. Well, it's got um, mealybugs from hell. Um, and if I put it in the compost, can mealybugs live over? Um, no, they'll. but they're, they're really quite easy. If you just put that into the sink, Dan... And just right. if you have a little sprayer, like a nozzle on your on the sink or whatever, yes, or you know what I mean, and this hose them out. Um, oh, they okay. They they actually come out really easy. I find that works really well. And, and then this pure spray green, if you have any of that. Oh God, I've given them a spray of that, and then I sat looking at them and thinking maybe I should chuck you. Uh, and, I do the physical. You know. Give them the little bit of physical. Like give them that okay. spray nozzle. Put them in the sink. Just turn it sideways a bit, and then this hose them all out. And that works really good on the mealybugs. So I so appreciate that. Thank you. And that's a good question because a lot of people are bringing their stuff in, and then they look in there and they go, "What is that white little fluffy thing?" So. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> they, they've got condominiums in there. So awesome! But it's so nice when you can bring a lot of your succulents in. I know a, a friend of mine, Anita. She sent me some pictures there last week, and of her succulents that she brought in. This looks awesome. So oh, super! Thank you very much, Perfect. Merle. Thank you. All right, take care. Okay, bye. All right, and I think I got time. I'm going to go to Corinne. Good morning, Corinne. Good morning. Hi, Corinne. Hi. Hi. Good morning. I have this asparagus fern. Uh, it's my second one. I had a huge one, and they keep sending up those thick, long stems. 
um, and that get nothing on them. I tried cutting them off, and they just sprout out the side again and keep coming. Is that normal for them? It, is it fairly root-bound? No, this is quite a new plant, and it's doing it. The old one was, was maybe root-bound, but this one is a young plant, and it uh, it sent up, you know, I mean, it probably had 10 branches or whatever when I bought it. And then yeah. the 11th one came up like that, and the 13th one, and it just keeps sending up those thick, thick. Yeah, stems. typically on those, it does that if they're fairly root-bound, because um, uh-huh. they're telling you that you need to um, transplant at that point. Okay, well, maybe I need to again. It, it does grow fast. The roots grow as fast as the top, I guess. Absolutely. So, so mm-hmm. if it's just in a, yeah, just go two or three inches bigger. Um uh-huh in the size of pot and just uh-huh. use a good potting soil and you'll be good to go. Okay. Okay. And how much water do they need? I've read that they're supposed to stay wet, but. Well, not really wet. They can handle being a little bit moist, but I, I like to use the same rule of thumb for all my plants. I let them all dry out in between waterings. Um, uh-huh. Some of my succulents I'll let go a little bit longer, but for the most part, like all my house plants, I treat them. I just know if I let them dry out, I'm not going to rot them away. And I'm not going to keep them too wet. And I, okay. if I don't leave them too long, I'm not going to underwater them. So I, I just, I do the, just let it dry out in between waterings. And sometimes it's every week in the summer, and in the winter sometimes it goes to every couple weeks. But right. depending okay. on on what the weather's doing and how cold and how much sun it's getting. Um, I, have so it, it, I have a moisture probe, and it, it, they're always damp at the bottom, but the top gets dry. So I, I've probably been giving them too much water. Yep, so just let it dry out a little bit in between, and then you'll be good. Okay, one more question. My daughter gave me a calla lily for Mother's Day, and it had three blossoms on it, and they just kind of drooped, and they stayed drooped all summer, and it did nothing. Now I've I've dug it up, I brought it in the house and and took it out, and the the roots, there's a lot of, it got new bulbs, and it's sort of like bulbs, whatever they are, and it got roots, and the roots seem to be on top of the like it, it, it seems like yeah so just them. let it go dormant like leave it in a cool dark place for eight to 12 weeks and then uh-huh. repot it at that point and uh put it in a nice bright spot and you'll be good to go but should i break them apart because i mean there's like um you can a little bit but i would leave it together like just let it get healthy uh-huh. let, it, let it give you one good healthy shot but i gotta go sorry okay. trin all right thank you so much all right, thanks everybody for for joining me again. Here we're in November already, and lots of gardening going on. We'll get our garden on next week here on seven seventy CHQR.